0: With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible.
1: A live episode of Booth Review presented by Emprise Bank. An Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. You have access to fifty-five thousand fee-free ATMs worldwide through the Allpoint ATM network you can get the same kind of access to your money as any bank across this country while getting the value of working with a trusted partner in Emprise. that's Emprise Bank, member FDIC. They have been our partner in possible here at KC Sports Network since we started this thing. Uh Scott Chasen came along a year later, but I'm thrilled to be talking Kansas football with my buddy Scott Chasen. Find him on Twitter at Chasen Scott. What's good, buddy? Not my can you know
2: how I know Kansas football is like having an out-of-body experience right now. Um, I'm not sure people know this. When, when When you're a writer, you work in media, you'll just get random texts and calls and DMs sometimes to be like, hey, can you go on this radio show in Lubbock or Austin or, you know, usually big 12 cities. And when the cities start getting weirder, like Hawaii or Portland, you're like, oh no, something has gone horribly wrong or something in this case has gone horribly right. I, I do want to say, can we just pause real quick and check? Is Aaron Judge batting? Do we we need to check on the home runs, or I, I don't know where he's at uh, with that. Ugh,
1: can we not? I, it, is the, the game's on ESPN this week, right? The KU game, I think it's on Fox. Fox okay. Sports. Okay. Well, that's Fox good. Sports well, Sports. no, I still could be a problem, I guess. <laughs> I we just got to figure out what time the Yankees are playing. That man's probably gonna be following football everywhere. It's just it's ridiculous. I no one cared. Can't, I I'm, it, I'm, I'm a baseball nerd and I didn't care.
2: It was amazing trying to do prep and watch like OU and TCU. And now all of a sudden that game's in the small box because Aaron judges getting hit by a pitch and then taking a walk two plate appearances. Very nice. I'm, I, I feel fulfilled for getting, for having been able to watch the history that was made by those two at bats. Kent Kansas has a good football team. Are they a big 12 title contender?
1: Uh, are we just doing this right off the bat? I think so. Uh, I think, <laughs> there's a chance because I think the big Twelve is going to cannibalize itself. They're just going to beat each other up. And I, you know, like I think a lot of people have been saying, Hey, six and three might be the bar to clear for the second best or the second spot in the, in the big 12 championship. I mean, Hey, look, they're two and already four and three gets you there. Why not? There's a chance. Yeah. I, I think
2: we started the conversation just like a, a to touch on it last week of like what Kansas would have to do. I think this is the week, and, and I said this last week, if they beat TCU, yeah, absolutely. I think we start talking about what does this team need to do because most years, like Big 12 championship teams, some years it's like both of them have eight wins, and and I, this is absolutely not one of those years. By the way, siren outside, if you happen to hear it, I promise I'm not being arrested for crazy Kansas. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> um, eight, eight wins is usually a lock, obviously. Seven wins usually gets you in. But yeah, there are some years where it's been six. Kent, it wouldn't shock me. Like, I don't know how the math on this works out other than like Oklahoma state wouldn't shock me if it's a six win and a seven win team playing for it, maybe two, six win teams, if that's even possible. I love how up and down the conference conferences. Uh, and I think we saw like a real case of that in that Oklahoma TCU game. I know we'll talk about this. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma didn't play that well. TCU was out of its mind, out of its body, out of body experience again, especially, you know, offensively, but this is kind of the nature of the conference, right? K State already has wins. T- uh, Texas Tech beats Texas, then loses to K State, who I think might lose to Iowa State this weekend. And Kansas obviously just beat Iowa State. It's just like a mess in this conference. It's really fun though.
1: It's awesome. Um, it's also a little scary. Uh, you know, as a as a I don't want to say jaded Kansas fan, but I, you know it's been a, it's been a tough 13, 14 years here. I uh, I look at this team and they're five. They're five and zero, right? And they're one win from a bowl game. And as much as I want to dream, as much <laughs> as I want to just dream about, you know, a, 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 a potential big 12 championship in Arlington and Kansas running out of, out of the Jerry dome, you know, you know, <laughs> but I, I'm still just a little bit like nervous is probably the right word. Cause this team's on the doorstep of a bowl game and, I just, I, I'm, I'm waiting for that sixth win to dream about anything else almost. I think, and I don't think I felt like this. I don't think I felt like this before the Iowa State game. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's just like the emotions of navigating expectations are just out of this, out of, out of, out of, you know, just out of here right now. <laughs> and so I think I'm just waiting on that sixth win before I even think about anything else right
2: now. That's fair. That's fair. And, and again, I think they have to get it against TCU. Like, I don't think you can lose to be to TCU and then look at what they have remaining and say um, that they're still going to be in that conversation, especially because the, the three games after that are really, really tough. Right. Um, you know, Oklahoma doesn't look like Oklahoma of old, especially if Dylan Gabriel, who I didn't think played well at all against TCU, um, especially if he's out, but it's still Oklahoma. It's still a road game. And then you have Baylor and Oklahoma State kind of back to back there. Um, the schedule did Kansas a ton of favors early. Those favors go away very quickly as you get over the back half of the season. Um, Especially, I think Oklahoma could be much improved two weeks from now, Um, maybe regardless of what happens with their quarterback situation. So yeah, I'm I'm just interested. We're going to talk a lot about KU, about KUTCU and all that today, but I I don't know. I just, I wanted to see where your head was at because yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the pendulum is about to swing back to you know, like from it, it went from house money to expectations, kind of back to house money. Now it's back on like, well, you got five. You kind of need to get six here.
1: Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you wouldn't mind. If you are watching the show, leave a comment. Tell us what, what you think about this upcoming game against TCU. Give us give us your record prediction at this point. Five and oh, I'd love to see, you know, the, the record prediction that some people might have out here. Uh, but yeah thanks to everybody watching right now please hit that like button please hit the subscribe button um yeah i i i I don't know i five and oh is incredible it's surreal it's all surreal um we should probably look back just a little bit more on the iowa state game just real quick kind of as we have been we've been looking in the past and looking to the future a little bit with this show um i i we both rewatched it at this point i think Yep. We've watched a lot of college football in preparation <laughs> for this because Scott and I have both put on uh, OU-TCU. I was I was trying to get to uh, to, o, uh, to TCU and SMU. I probably still will. Um, but I look at Iowa State and I look at that game and, yeah, I we talked about beforehand, hey, this offense has to play a B-plus game and all this stuff. But the reality of this is they didn't play a B-plus game. Their defense came and stepped up yes iowa state missed some field goals that certainly helped the the, the ku ex- escaped by the skin of their teeth a little bit there they got a little bit lucky there i'm not apologizing for getting lucky though i'm not apologizing for getting lucky and i know um you know there were there were plenty of issues to address but i kind of like in a lot in a lot of ways i like that this game was such a slog and such a struggle for this football team and i know it's like hindsight to say that and all that mm-hmm. but This team had to win differently. They had to rely on that defense, the defense that has had their issues that have had, you know, had some points scored on them a little bit. You see this group respond. You see another side of the football respond in such a big way. I think you saw Brian Borland really attack a um, attack the, you know, a player specifically Mm -hmm. their quarterback specifically with a very defined plan I loved it, and and I think, you know, we talk about, hey, there's nothing more dangerous than a bunch of confidence, confident 18 to 22-year-olds. I don't think that game is enough to to take the confidence away from Jalen Daniels in the defense, but it might just be the shot in the arm for the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. with, with what you just saw them put on tape.
2: Yeah, well, Kent, two points on that defense. Think about how much of a confidence-builder. That is for a lot of those guys like Kenny Logan, two of the huge plays he made, obviously that pass breakup in the end zone, but also just like making plays around the line of scrimmage. Uh, Jacoby Bryant had one pick, almost had two. And it was funny if you go back and watch that second interception that Hunter Deckers threw, like he was demoralized after that one. You watch him like body language going over to the sideline. It gets overturned. He looked like he didn't want to come back in the game. Then he leads a receiver by throwing it too far And if his receiver had caught it, he would have been lit up by Kenny Logan. I think it was Xavier Hutchinson. And and so, like, for the Kansas defense to do that, you know, where things were in the fourth quarter of this game, I kind of kept expecting Iowa State to go down and score. And I was seeing a lot of, like, on Twitter and and social media, like, let's see if the Kansas defense can win them this game. And I kind of didn't like that because I was like, you know what? They already have. Like, they've already done more than enough. You go into that fourth quarter allowing 11 points to Iowa State – I'd say the defense has won them the game. And if they don't win it, it is, it has nothing to do. In fact, I remarked to Michael Swain who, who you know, joined us to preview Iowa state going into the fourth. I was like, I think Iowa state's going to score in every drive remaining in this game. They're going to score a touchdown on every drive remaining in this game. And I will not say one word about the defense afterward negatively because they've done their part. They've set the table. Your offense has 14 points. Um, yeah. So uh, big confidence booster, I think. And for those defensive backs, for them to get tested, like Iowa, Iowa State throwing all those screens early, I expect TCU to do a little bit of that too. And for them to just kind of play that then don't break, over and over and not break, I, I mean, you have to be thrilled if you are a Kansas fan.
1: Yeah, you you take that every time. And I think you trust that the, the offense is going to figure some things out. Um, and, I mean, look, I think the thing is, the, the offense wasn't far off from putting a lot more points on the board. The Quentin Skinner post mm-hmm. route uh the luke grim over the shoulder throw i mean those were a couple throws that they just missed i believe neither of those possessions turned into touchdowns I i could be wrong um but i don't think either of those turned into touchdowns so you're looking at a potential you know even getting one of those changes the outlook of that game drastically you feel but if, if ku wins that game 21 to 11 how do you feel i feel i'm thrilled
2: yeah well or if if they put up 28 or or go a step further you know, Matt Campbell. I listened to his post game press conference, and he talked about some of the fourth downs he went to, or they went for, and just how it kept them in rhythm. Like, let's say the fourth and three in the second half. It was they were on the plus forty five. It was a, a third and six. They did some kind of a run. I think Jalen Daniels did a quarterback, um, not a sneak. What's the word? I'm like QB draw. Um, it got half of it, and then they punted. If they get that and then go march down and score a touchdown, same thing. You're feeling completely differently about this offense. They just kind of ran into a bunch of fourth downs. I can't tell what Kent's laughing at.
1: Scott, I have breaking news. Oh, no. What has happened? Aaron Judge has just (laughs) hit a home run. Is that serious? To break the single season American League home run record. Can we get a cut
2: into that? (laughs) I'm not joking. I'm looking this up on my phone right now. I don't even care. This just happened. (laughs) What do I know? Hey, now we don't have to worry about it. No more cut-ins <laughs> for Aaron Judge. This is the best thing that could have possibly happened. Oh. Ken, do you want to continue to break down Kansas, or do you want to talk about the Yankees lineup here? Because Here's really the interested. impact.
1: Here's the impact that it has on God. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's incredible. Um, I'm only um, a little
2: offended that you're checking your phone while we're talking about this very important game, but no, that look, is the, uh, that's I am... the funniest thing.
1: I am not checking my phone. I am on my computer while we're doing this show. Thank you very much. I was look, I was actually like retweeting and promoting the live show that we're doing right now. Thank you very hmm. much. Uh, so you can just, you can just, you just take it back a little bit.
2: Yeah. I, will. Um, uh, well, I need to tone it down. That's on me. I'm going to call a timeout.
1: Yeah, for myself. You need to tone it down. You're the <laughs> one that needs to tone it down. On this program. Um, okay. So uh, where were we with Iowa state? Anything else on Iowa state before we kind of move on a little bit here?
2: Uh, I thought you saw some more creativity from the KU offense on rewatch. Um, The play that stood out to me, I want to talk about Daniel Hyshaw, actually, um, and what his injury where we think KU is at. Um, There was a play that was a direct snap to Daniel Hyshaw, fake handoff to Jalen Daniels, Mm -hmm. that I just missed being up in the press box. I I don't know if it's just because it was like zone read and Jalen Daniels run so much or what. But like that was kind of an interesting wrinkle, especially with Hyshaw being a high school quarterback. And I also thought this was a really good Daniel Hyshaw uh, blocking game. He had two kind of blitz pickups that really helped Jalen Daniels. I'm a little concerned, not about the running back talent on this team, but I think Daniel Hyshaw fills such a specific role as KU's power runner. And I think that's a success. loss. It's really, it sounds like Kai Thomas is you know, still in that kind of day-to-day, but they're expecting him to play. Um, KU's got to hope that Kai Thomas and Savion Morrison can really step up.
1: Daniel Highshaw is probably a bigger loss than we're talking about because a lot of the things you just profiled, and I mean, if you know, stylistically, yes, bigger, denser, more north-south physicality, the pass pickup stuff is a very, very good point for from you. I looked, I've I've been on record, I think I've said it on, I think I've said it publicly. Daniel Highshaw, we'll see about the injury stuff because that's a big mm-hmm. question mark now. Daniel Daniel Highshaw's tape is highly draftable. That, that Daniel Hyshaw that we saw this season in the five games that, are, that he's played, that is, a, that is a draft pick kind of player. A guy that is big and physical like that, that has soft hands catching the ball out of the backfield, that showed the ability in pass protection, the contact balance, the ability to run and kind of run away from some guys. That guy is a draft pick. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you, I mean, I I I live and breathe NFL draft. I do a, I I'm literally part of a group that writes a, we, we've done five books on the NFL draft every year. We mm-hmm. do one every single year. That kid would have been getting a, a draft pick gra- a draftable grade for me. Um mm-hmm. and look, at KU, like if you were going to lose a player at a position, it's probably the running back position on this football team that you feel the most comfortable with. But to your point, pass protection. That's a big one. Does are you limited at all in pass pro because you don't have a guy like Daniel Highshaw being able to do what he's able to do? Not knocking any of the other guys that they have in this group. I think Kai Thomas could be a good pass protector. I think he's got a, kind of got the frame. Devin Neal can too. Mm-hmm. You're not probably not getting that out of Sevi Morrison, most likely. Um, but you, you gotta see what that presents. Um, you know, I think they can get away with some of the other stuff, you know. I pass pro is one of them. I would have been interested to see you know like the downhill dive back kind of you know on the on the in the option stuff that they run Mm -hmm. you're losing him a little bit potentially like you know that could be a problem too but um i think it's probably a bigger loss than we think not to say it's something that's going to just completely tank the outlook of this football team either though
2: yeah it it puts more stress on just some other skill position guys to step up and maybe a little bit to jalen daniels too um that was also by far i mean there were like two or three uh, speed option kind of pitch sequences so by far the most but that was the most pitch game we've seen from Jalen and he did one right he did one left so it doesn't seem like there's some limitation going one way or another he missed the pitch the only reason I even bring that up was I think it was West Virginia in overtime where he had Luke Grimm right next to him it was raining it was to the you know his non-dominant hand side and so I wasn't sure if he had like a specific way or, or how he felt about that kind of a, a pitch situation because he didn't pitch the ball there but yeah I'm I'm interested. I'm not concerned about this Kansas offense. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of started talking about that. Like, this TCU game is going to be a shootout, and I know the over-under was something in the 50s, and now it's way up. Uh, it's way, way,
1: way, way, way up from there. I mean, it was in the 50s?
2: I think it was like 58 or something like that early, and now it's like just through the roof high. And and I th- honestly, like, if you're predicting the final score from this game upcoming, and the first word out of your mouth isn't, 40 or 50 something. uh, I I think you're just missing it because I think the the Kansas offense is going to have to answer the bell. Like as well as the defense can play this week, like 21, 27, 28. I I don't know how many points they would have to score for me to be like, yeah, they probably won this game. But I mean, if they hold TCU to like 31, I'd be like, okay, they're going to have a pretty solid chance to win this one.
1: Yeah. I, I, Is this the time to start talking about this TCU game? Is this the perfect transition for that? Okay. I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) Oh, no. I watched TCU Oklahoma. And my biggest takeaway from the TCU Oklahoma game was how bad Oklahoma is or was on Saturday. And this is not to take anything away from TCU because there are plenty of things that we will talk about today that worry me about the TCU game and some of the stuff like that I think are are worth discussing about this football team. But TCU is not 31 points better than Oklahoma if they play the last week of the season, I don't think. And I don't think the 55 points that TCU on a, put on the board is a reflection of of the offense that I think you're going to see in Memorial stadium on Saturday. That is not to say that this offense is not good. This is their output so far, 38 points against Colorado, 59 points against something called Tarleton. State.
2: Tarleton. They played the basketball team too, Kent.
1: Uh, is it? No, is, is, is it not Tarleton state? Did they? Tarleton. Oh, it's Tarleton. just Tarleton. Okay. Tarleton
2: state, Tarleton state. Tarleton state. I, I was, my problem was with your pronunciation of the word, word Tarleton.
1: Oh, I it thought it was played. like a charlatan. Uh, anyways, that's that they scored 59 points on a team that no one can pronounce their name. 42 points to SMU. Okay. Uh, 42, 34 is the score of that football game. I think this is a good offense. I don't think this is a 55 point on o- Oklahoma offense. Um, Oklahoma played one of the worst football games I've ever seen. It looked honestly, and this is no joke. It looked like KU in in some of their down some of the not this year like it looked like KU last year early season because I think I counted 35 points on busted assignments from Oklahoma and it was not like TCU was not scheming Oklahoma to death they were literally running two verts and they didn't pick up one of the verts they didn't carry with one of the verts they they were having confusion on the back end of that defense all over the place, just awful, awful busts. The run from Max Duggar was they were, I think one at the end crashed, the back crashed and there was nobody there for the quarterback. And he just ran down the sidelines. It was not like it wasn't TCU imposing their will for 60 minutes. It wasn't TCU out scheming Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma just making unbelievable mistakes if you took the jersey off of oklahoma and put i don't know i don't somebody worse i don't want to i don't know who to make fun of right now colorado colorado yeah you i mean you wouldn't have been surprised you know but you, it was oklahoma and you were surprised they i don't think this offense is as scary as 55 points against oklahoma looks because they were making unbelievable mistakes
3: That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Yeah. Kent, I'll disagree with you on one part of this. I, I agree that what Oklahoma contributed a ton to what TCU did rewatching that game. And I think I even, I made a couple of jokes just messaging you and Kevin Flaherty, friend of the show, just about how bad Oklahoma was. But what I, what I saw TCU do, and the thing that worries me in this matchup and and where I think this game may be won or lost at a point for KU is especially in the, the first quarter, first half, TCU kind of found something with just like, hey, we like our receivers, and we're going to go at their defensive backs. And it wasn't like the Iowa State thing of like, we're going to throw a wide receiver screen and make you tackle. It was a, hey, we're just going to throw a go route. We're going to throw a ball in the air. They did four of those against Oklahoma in the first quarter. Four, they got three defensive pass interferences Mm -hmm. and a touchdown. They did six of those in the first half. That's six times. Max Duggan just dropped back and was like, I'm going to throw this ball as far as humanly possible and dare your defensive back to beat out our much more physical and better wide receiver. And so, you know, I talked about confidence for Jacoby Bryant having a pick and then another near pick and just for the cave defense, the way this game went, like I I see a TCU team that's fearless offensively, and that will dare you to, to basically contain the explosive plays, which by the way, Kansas has been great at this year. You know, their whole defense has been set up, keep it in front of you, allow some stuff in the passing game. And what was it against Iowa state? It was the crossers, right? They were going to give you things underneath, uh, just not wanting you to, you know, get a big play over the top. But even then they've had some issues with that. Ken, I'm nervous about that aspect of the matchup, just because you have a running quarterback, you have a TCU run game that I think would be okay. They had a lot of outside kind of run stuff. Um, and, and some cool stuff with like double kind of jet sweep sort of crossers type motion. Yeah. Um I am very worried or interested to see how KU can defend that matchup on the outside, because I think that's the difference between holding TCU to like 28 and giving up like 56 to TCU. I, th- I think it's those plays.
1: Max Duggan. I'm sorry. I, I, you said it right. I said it wrong earlier. Um, I, put I in- thought
2: you were making a joke. I didn't get, so that's why I left.
1: No, Max Duggan. Um, I'm just dugging myself a hole. um, I Okay, so I 100% agree with you. As as far as one of the things that I think... If you were going to ask me defensively, how is Kansas going to try to play this game? It's and I scream about this all the time. It's the no explosives. Reduce the explosives. Keep the explosives at a minimum. Keep the explosive plays at a minimum. Make Max Duggan drive down the field and beat you. He has been very good this year. I am not trying to take anything away from him. But I think there are enough inconsistencies in the way he throws the football, the way he delivers the football that creates a little bit of inaccuracy Um that, you know, there's, there's some holes there. Like the other, well, the other thing is I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta speed them up a little bit. If you speed him up, <laughs> you're going to be fine too, because you, all right, we saw some of these shot plays, right? And they were wide, like literally just, I cannot believe the the, the secondary for Oklahoma was, absolutely pitiful it was awful and it was busted coverages literally left and right where max Duggan was literally just thrown to a wide open receiver like that's that's not going to be repeatable at kansas but um you know and and again like yeah throwing those throwing those throwing those shot plays up he was pretty accurate you know he was pretty accurate on those vertical shots which absolutely the, the tcu should be challenging with their big physical athletic freak receivers 100% that is a that is a piece of the of of the puzzle for them it's just Mm -hmm. being better outside but if you speed max duggan up if you watch as the game goes along a little bit of pressure on him trying to throw one of those shots didn't go well the ball was inside the ball was short he wasn't consistent now you don't need a ton of you don't need to hit a ton of those you you have to hit a few i think Mm -hmm. but i there's enough hope for me to say ku all week the coaching staff at Kansas all week is going to be harping on playing against big receivers, but not giving them these big, you know, personal foul penalties. Like I think these Pat or these pass interference penalties, like, I think that's going to be one of the emphasises, emphases, emphases yep. for the secondary is, Hey, we're not going to, you're going to be challenged. You're going to be dealing with a bunch of big physical receivers like you have for most of the season. So far, you can't make these big, You can't make these big PI calls. Like that's going to be one of the points of emphasis. But I think it's also like, hey, let's just be disciplined in coverage. Let's let's force TCU to drive down the field on us. Let's reduce the explosives. Let's play disciplined. Like, I think that's a formula for this team. If they just if they force consistent drives, they get a little bit of pressure on Max Duggan and they stay away from making some of these big egregious penalties. That's a that's a formula of success to slow the TCU offense down where I don't, I don't know if they'll get to 40.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's definitely a way that Kansas will and, and needs to kind of have success just with who they are. And I think it kind of underscores like the make them snap it again mentality that like you have cornerbacks and you have playmakers on the on the back end of that Kansas defense who aren't afraid to take risks and go after the big play like an interception. I, I will also say to your point, you know, when I watched the OUTCU game, I, I listened to the announcers. It was Mark Jones and Robert Griffin, the third. And at one point they're talking early about how Brent Venables has really chilled out and he doesn't like feel the need to like do as much now. And he's trusting his coordinators. And then like three or four of those OU breakdowns happened. And he was just immediately losing his mind with the defense and they were huddling, they were trying to regroup. So I I think absolutely. I think if you've only like myself, watched that game, when doing TCU prep, you're going to come away with like an inflated opinion of them. Um, I am really interested though, because Kansas has mostly largely in every game been able to stop the run, um, certainly limiting explosive plays in the run game, but really just making it kind of an inefficient option for the other teams and dared quarterbacks to throw. I, I think we're gonna learn how good Max Duggan is in this game. This might be a this might be one of those games where you walk away with like a, a good what's what's the word like a measuring stick game comparing Jalen Daniels with Max Duggan where you walk away, maybe feeling like, you know, a little bit more about either of those guys. Um, I I will say this one last thing on Jalen just to completely pivot away from that defense part of it. But um, it, when he came in for the press conference after the game, I don't know that I've ever seen him happier. And I I don't think that's phony. Like the KU offense played its worst game of the season by far. And Jalen Daniels, he was not pinpoint. He missed the throw to Skinner. Like you mentioned, he, he, there was a tight one to Grimm that he could have hit, but it would have been a really tough throw. At least he left it where only his guy could get it. Um, Jalen Daniels did not have a great game in this ballgame, but he was ecstatic. He was happy. He answered questions the same. He's bouncing around, jumping, being goofy. I mean, he was thrilled, and that is who he is. at. It's a sign of like why people credit his leadership so much and just a sign of kind of the, the sort of level – you know, kind of like steady impact or the thing that we've been talking about with him, which is he doesn't really get phased. And so I think that bodes well too. Like I I'm expecting a huge bounce back for this Kansas offense.
1: Let's talk about that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time to talk about the offense because I, I, I share that exact same sentiment with you. I think, um, I think this offense is going to have a very, very good performance, a very consistent performance. I think one of the important factors for this game is ku setting the terms of this game on offense hmm. um, one of the hallmarks of how kansas has won football yes they have scored a lot of points hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's just a bunch of 70 yard explosive plays it's hey we're gonna we're gonna control the terms of this football game we're gonna drive down the field with really great consistency we're gonna put ourselves in third and manageable situations and guess what we're going to get a lot of those third downs we're going to be one of the best third down teams in the the country and hey if we don't get it on third down there's a decent chance we're going to go for it on fourth down this team has one of the things for the first four weeks of the season as i think they set the terms of how the game was going to be played in a lot of different ways and i think that's that's going to play itself out again this week i think with with the offense it's you know, getting on, you know, staying on schedule, it's, you know, let's, you know, and, and Jalen being consistent, you know, if that, if those two things happen, like, I think that's how the, that's how KU kind of sets the terms of this game because what TCU wants, I mean, TCU is big game hunting. Max Duggan is big game hunting. He is a guy that is looking to go out there and try to throw some big shot plays. He's trying to take some chances and give his big athletic receivers Outside some opportunities to make some plays, but KU I think is the one that's going to try to, and I think what K is going to try to turn it into is who can out execute the other one. When that's 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 going to be exemplified in how they play defense, and that's going to be exemplified in how they play offense as well. And I think that's I mean that that's been the I think that's the formula that they're trying to play anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think that is I mean and I think that's the identity of this football team. We're going to see who out who see who can out execute you. KU's never gonna line up, very infrequently is gonna line up and just have more NFL dudes, more athleticism, more speed, but they're gonna try to out execute you. And I think that's what the KU's hope is if the offense can kind of set those terms early in this game.
2: Yeah. Well, Kent, when we were talking about the offensive struggles from last game, one of the things, one of the plays we didn't even bring up was the Jared Casey kind of borderline hold where Jason Bean had rushed for a first down on that play. It was and a that bad drive. Call that drive was way into Iowa state territory. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that again is more points for them. And, you know, I I know there's been a lot of talk about Kodal Nikki's play calling in that game. Kent, I think where I, at least where I landed, I think where kind of we landed after the last game is they're doing a lot of the same concepts and because things necessarily, you know, they didn't work as well. I think people got a little restless. And And there were some things that I didn't totally love, but for example, like the Jason bean thing, that that was a jason bean play that it was like a third and intermediate to long and he rushed for a first down then they had the other play where they handed it off to him they he threw the ball that was another first down like the jason bean stuff works and it works best when ku runs more than like 45 plays or whatever that abnormally low number that they had was 46 so 46 so they 46. got one more one more yeah. but that's so low i i remember a time um when I was covering the team in the David Beatty era and they had Puka Williams and Khalil Herbert. And one of the questions was, why isn't Khalil getting these carries? He's shown that he's a really good running back and, and it's obvious that Puka is going to get a lot of them, but shouldn't Khalil be getting, you know, some work too. And he was like, well, we only ran like 67 plays. Like that's not enough. And like, so then contrast that with like 46 that, I mean, that's not enough to really establish anything offensively. And I'd be willing to bet they ran a lot more plays in the first half than the second, just because that's when it felt like they were moving the ball a lot better. So um, the Scott chasing guarantee of the week is that KU goes way aggressive on fourth downs in this game. I think Lance Leipold is very comfortable judging a game based off feel. And I think last week he thought it was a game they could be conservative in. It was a defensive game. Whether or not you agree with that, um, you know, I thought he should have been more aggressive. But I, I think this week he will sense that this is more of an up and down game. And he will not shy away from that, and I think Andy Kotelnicki will give Jalen Daniels and that offense a really, you know, they will give them the chance to get into that rhythm and and to kind of keep going back and forth. Um, and and Kate might do a little bit more clock control this week too. Um, it wouldn't shock me with some of that running if they're just kind of trying to slow things down and give that defense a breather as well.
1: That's kind of what I mean by like, hey, let's let's try to see how they set the terms. It's just a willingness mm-hmm. to just, hey, we're going to get into a good rhythm here on offense. We're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna put ourselves in these manageable situations. We're gonna drive down the field the way Kansas football does, and we're gonna execute in the most important downs. That's been it, and it's been great. Um, uh, and I mean, like that's the like that's largely been how they've done it. Like, think about there's not very there's not been very, very many field goal attempts in five games. Um you there know, been
2: one. Yeah. There, surely there's been more. Yeah, they've I had, one.
1: I mean, I, I we can look up Jacob Orchilla's stats. They they had the 50 yard attempt last week. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, that was the one I had the most problems with. Um, but let's see here. I mean, I'm West looking. Virginia was touchdowns. So this this year, Jacob Borchilla has attempted four field goals in five games.
2: I they have completely evaded me, Kent. I do not remember any of these field goal attempts. They scored thirty five against Duke, forty eight against Houston. So that was probably a couple. So West Virginia was fifty five.
1: They all right. So he he hit he attempted. One against Tennessee Tech. He did not attempt one. Oh, he did attempt one. No, he didn't. He didn't attempt a single extra point against West Virginia. Uh or didn't uh, a field goal? I'm sorry. Field goal, field he hit goal, two yeah. field goals against Houston. One from twenty between twenty and twenty nine, and and one from thirty to thirty nine. None against Duke. And then a 50 yard field goal attempt against Iowa State. It's like they just they haven't, I mean, they haven't needed them. And they, I mean, I think, you know, they've probably taken that into consideration a little bit, just the way that they've they've ran their offense. Yeah. But I mean, they they've been a very, very efficient, well-oiled machine for the entirety of the year. And like it's it's a remarkable, you know, the the way they've sustained offense has been pretty impressive. Obviously, it's stalled a little bit against Iowa State. I want to talk about this Iowa State game that we just saw and how it relates to the TCU game there are some similarities to how TCU is going to play Kansas on the offensive side or on the defensive side of the ball. they are another three down team. They're going to try to spill things to the sideline. You're you're going to, you know, a lot of runs are going to try to get you know stretched out. You saw, you know, KU trying to get some of these edge runs going a little bit. I mean, they hit a couple up inside, but I think it's, it's a similar offense that you just got done seeing. It's not identical, but it's, there's some similarities to what TCU does um, with their tight front and trying to get things to spill outside is the same kind of stuff you're going to see a lot of from uh, from TCU. So what does that mean? Well, it means that KU is going to be more prepared for it this time around. Mm-hmm. means that they've seen it two straight weeks. Oh, by the way, we just got done talking about 46 plays. I think Andy Kotelnicki had more than 46 plays on his call sheet. I think you know you've probably got some backlog with your with your 3 down tight front with your 3 down looks with some of that stuff. I think you've probably got more in your in your in your bag that you can pull out this week yeah. which I really like. I think you're going to see a team that's better prepared for the front. And I'll be honest, this TCU defense is not as good and not as talented as, and not as disciplined mm-hmm. as you saw against Iowa State. I really like that for Ku. I expect offensively there to be a bounce back because of all the factors that I just talked about. I, and, I mean, there's some pride there on that side of the ball too with Jalen and the rest of that group. They're gonna want to, they're gonna want to go out and do what they've done in the past. And I think you're gonna get. I don't want to say you're gonna get the best performance you've seen all season out of them, but I think you're gonna get a really, really good performance. And I think you're gonna get an A plus call sheet out of Andy Codelnik.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Also, one thing I just completely spaced on bringing up after the game is I asked Luke Grimm about how much confidence that the offense gets from the defense after seeing him do that, and I believe he compared them to the Steel Curtain, the Purple People Eaters. He may went on like this. How does does a Luke Grimm, how does a 21-year-old kid know what those are? He just started listing great teams and I was like, it was funny, but his point was that it gives them confidence seeing their defense do that for a game. No, I think you're right. I think if you want to talk like predictions for this game, I I think one of the reasons to believe that this could be closer, this could even be a KU win. I know, you know, kind of like the early gambling odds are moving in, in the direction of TCU, but I think one of the reasons why is you just look at this coaching matchup and that's nothing against TCU, but I, you know, I, Lance Leipold, Andy Codel, Nicky, Brian Borland, the staff has been around now, you know, going on two years. And I have not known many times where the same issues that are plaguing them continue to plague them. I've known a lot more times where, you know, all of a sudden they figure something out or they implement something new or they have a small tweak, especially when going against um, kind of similar fronts, similar defenses, even just... You you know teams down the stretch are going to look at what Iowa State did and try to emulate that as best they can and, and fit into what they do. So I, I actually think KU's got a, a, a pretty good shot to win this game. Kent, do you want to go first on a prediction? I have one more thing after we do predictions.
1: All right, let's do it. I, uh, I was worried. I was pretty worried about this football <laughs> game before I watched the TCUOU game a lot more closely and i'm not i'm not that scared of this football team i'm not as scared as i as i was going into that um i think there are playmakers there's athleticism on the offensive side of the ball i think it's a pretty good offensive line um i think max duggan's playing pretty well i think he's playing a little bit above his head i'm going to be be candid with you i think he's playing a little bit above his head but he's playing good football Defensively, yeah, a lot of athleticism all over that defense. Um, I don't think that they're the better coached football team. I don't think they have the better offensive scheme. I don't think they have the better defensive scheme. I think this is a better coached football team. This is a team playing with a ton of confidence. I don't think you're going to see a bunch of coverage busts. From Kansas football, I think you're going to see a disciplined football team on Saturday at 11 a.m. in Memorial Stadium beat TCU
2: 42-35. Kent, this might surprise you um, because up until like two minutes ago, I was planning on picking TCU to win this <laughs> um, I'll, t- I'll tell you what actually just kind of like changed my mind is I, I was listening to you and I was starting to think about it a little bit more because um, I really haven't thought too much about like, what does this game look like? I, I think KU is going to be like really juiced um, and, and they've, they've come into games like that, like where they've been excited or they've come out for halftime, you know, kind of like that. But we have, I mean, other than kind of Duke um, and that even then they got stuffed on the first drive of the game. We have not seen them like come into a game with their hair on fire, just like absolutely, you know, completely fired up to play in a game. And I think with game day, I think being ranked in the top 25, like we talked about things, this pendulum kind of swinging back and forth with like expectations versus, you know, being kind of under the radar or hype or whatever. Um, There's a lot of motivation this week is what I'll say. Uh, I think it's less distractions. Like they are ranked. Okay. Now here's a reason to go up and and show it. They got game day. Okay. Now they're getting that respect. You have to show up and, and show that you deserve that. So I think I actually will take Kansas to win in this game. I'll say something like 42, 42, 35, something like 42, 31. I I think Kansas is actually good enough to do this. Um, This to me is like a 60, 40, 50, 50 kind of game. I I don't agree with the line being a, well, I don't hate the line being like a touchdown because I think whoever wins this game is going to decisively win this game. Um, I mean, it's possible not, but I I think we'll know who the better team is by the end of this one. That's just kind of my gut feel on this, but I will take Kansas and I I will tell you one other thing, Ken, I did not prepare for you, uh, you for this. This was ahead of time. I kind of coordinated with uh, Tucker and Jed on this one back in the producer stage. Um, every now and again, I, I stroll over to other fans message boards just to see what their perception is on Kansas. And I was on the Nebraska message board, um, during the game last week. And if we can put, I, I screenshotted something, um, and a fan started a thread that was like Lance Leipold and clock management. And they just started talking about like why they don't want Lance Leipold and he won't work at Nebraska and X, Y, and Z. You can pull that down. Cause it's kind of silly. Um, it's so goofy. Can't, it, it's like, I look at other programs around the country and I look at Nebraska being like, we know what works here. Let's just hire the biggest name football coach and not the guy who just gets all the details right. And does everything right. And there were more, I, I cherry picked obviously a couple It's so funny to me that we live in this world now where, like, Lance pulled and the KU staff, like, they have to, like, I mean, they don't hear it, but they have to hear about this from other programs about what they can and can't do. These are really good football coaches, and I'm expecting this team to come out and play like they are being coached by really good football coaches. This might be the best coaching staff in the Big 12. Uh, So, yeah, I'm absolutely expecting at least a great effort from KU. And, Ken, I, I think I'll pick KU to win this game.
1: I wonder where the money that pushed that lineup came from because I definitely think it could be a bunch of people that didn't watch TCO and saw the score. I could I could see that being the public money. I'm curious to see what comes in late on that line. But man, I I feel pretty good about this. I think the I think the it's kind of like it's nice that the the, the ranking and all this stuff was a week late almost. right it almost feels like it you know there was enough energy and buzz and people were clamoring for it to happen it didn't happen it helped them refocus but it kind of feels almost a little bit like old news because you got the attention of being ranked without being ranked the week prior Yeah, and so i do just feel like it just feels like something's coming something special's coming i feel it i believe it congratulations to aaron judge on his 60 second (laughs) home run that's been booth review we'll talk to you after the game on saturday